Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Texas Home Improvement on this fine spring weekend. Jim is out and I am in Todd Tremonti with the Market Experts Realty and Todd Tremonti Home Selling Team. We are happy to be in studio, sitting in the big chair for Jim while he's out spending some time with family. Uh, we're going to be talking home improvement and real estate. We'll be asked, answering all your questions today, so do not hesitate to give us a call. Uh, we've got a familiar name uh, here on line one. Let's see if we let's see if old Chris wants to chat with us a little bit. What's the good word, sir? What's up, Todd Tremonti? How are you? <laughs> Christopher Crock, troublemaker. I think I'm sitting in your chair right now. I just logged on, just passed your name. How are you, my friend? Good. Yeah, I was literally I was on last night until midnight, and here you are. So, you know, I really was sitting here, and my wife's like, no, I'll leave him alone. But I had a serious question. I have gotten my uh, power wash, uh, my fence power washed, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did not, there's a section of the fence that is like, abuts another fence there's like maybe a foot and a half in between the you know what i mean or two feet between the fences and so we can't see it or anything i can't get the power washer back there what should we do should we try to do something or clean it or should we let it go because i I was told it's for purely aesthetic purposes uh the power washing well Um, it's a good question for you and i'll try to apply it to everybody listening the the short answer is i wouldn't do much of anything back there it is almost entirely aesthetic as a matter of fact and this is one of the things we do in america especially in dallas we do a lot of things that look good, but actually probably in the grand scheme of things might be a slight negative or sometimes a dramatic negative. Pressure washing your fence is a good thing if you're going to come over it with a stain and seal it. It's a good thing if you just want to get a good, clean look. It's kind of a little bit of a bad thing because you do take some of the age, you, you take some of the wood with you uh, if, if you use too much pressure. Uh, and so a lot of people want to pressure wash fences and put a good stain on them, and they'll, they'll pressure wash them with too much pressure a lot of the time. And they'll wow. take some of those knot holes out, some of the little ants and carpenter ants and termites and things that have been in there. They're blowing out a little bit more than they really wish they had, and they're taking a little bit of life of the of the fence when they do that. So to be honest, not pressure washing the backside of that isn't going to hurt you much at all unless you've got some you know major, major issues back there. But pressure washing wouldn't be the solution anyway. So if you can, if you can reach a, a, a sprayer down in there, if you're going to go back yeah. over it with a seal or stain, I'd just, I'd just go ahead and spray right over it. You're not going to – if no one can see it, uh, no one's going to get hurt by that. You'll be doing everything you can to give it a good shot at, at protecting it over the long haul. But, no, you're you're going to be fine. So, in other words, okay, yeah, because there's like a foot and a half, two feet. So, in other words, just as long as the, the guys get in there and stain it, uh, then, then, then leave it alone, even though it's not going to be clean. It's going to coat it, so it's going to protect. The point of it is it's not aesthetic, it's just protection, right? So, that's, so let it yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, the whole point, most people are pressure washing their fences so that they can come back with the stain. So, if you can get a stain on it without it being pressure washed, that's fine. And if that one spot's not pressure washed, that might actually be the most durable spot of your whole fence. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should I get a little? Should I get my hose back there and spray it, or should I just let it go? I'd let it go. I have so much trouble letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you bring this up and high because it sounds like you're listening too. But uh, and I appreciate you for telling your husband not to bug me. But this is a welcome interruption. But I, I will say, a lot of times. 
when people invite me or one of our team members out to their house for questions about what should we do with the house, they're surprised a lot how often we say you don't need to do that. Most of the time, the conventional wisdom is wrong. And we may, we may turn and say, but over here, you weren't even asking about this. And this is something you do need to do. So a lot of times that's where expertise comes into play. Cause a lot of people would say, you know, you got to get to all of it. And I would say, listen, it actually might be better for that fence to leave that part alone. So uh, before the break, we were talking about what it means that we're in the spring market now. Uh, conventional wisdom says that springtime, as we head into summer, is when everybody should be prepared to buy and sell. Those of you that have paid attention to me before know that I don't necessarily disagree that spring and summer are good times to buy and sell, but they're not necessarily always the best times. So, for example, if you're thinking about buying a home right now, I would say now is an excellent time. Not necessarily because it's spring, but because prices are still on the rise and interest rates appear to be on the rise as well, which basically means waiting to buy a house right now is going to be expensive. The price of homes is going up. The price of borrowing money to buy that home is going up. So you're getting hit by both factors. Uh, Let's see who we've got here. Mark's got a question in, looks like Mansfield. How are you, Mark? What can I do for you? Good. How about yourself? Doing very well. I just purchased a home uh, two years ago, Mm -hmm. and it it went up $120,000. Is there any way of protesting that that amount? It went up $120,000 as far as your tax valuation? Yes. Okay. You don't have to tell me where you live, but what county are you in? Uh, Tarrant County. Okay, Tarrant County. The answer is yes. There's a formal process for how you would protest your property valuation. Um, you can go to the Tarrant County Appraisal District uh, on online website. There should be a, a simple clickable link. You might be able to do it online. Sometimes you'll need to print a one-page sheet. Now, it just depends. A lot of times what's happening when you purchase a house that is being recorded, whether it's the deed being recorded or potentially the mortgage being recorded. And the appraisal district gets their hands on that and they just update their valuation to what you paid for it. If it's way over and above what you paid for it, then you might have a pretty legitimate argument. You would want a trusted real estate advisor. My team would be happy to do that for you or somebody else can that could take a look at that and say, is this valuation still accurate? That way you have some hard documentable facts to say, this is why I think this is high. Does that make sense? Right. We went into our first meeting to protest it, and there was like four people sitting for the county, I guess, and then yeah. me and my father went in. Mm-hmm. And we, t- we told them how much we paid for it, and they knew that already. And then yeah. they went up 120000 We said, we're kind of we're going against what y'all are recommending it being priced at. Yeah. And they shut us down right away and said, we're ruling against you. So it's in the appeal, but I don't know what. To, Did you what have any documentation with you, or were you just saying it doesn't feel right? Uh, well, the bank, when we were buying the house, had someone come out and assess the, the appraisal of the house, and yeah. they assessed it at what we purchased it at. And it's, it's been a couple of years since then. That was kind of their yeah. argument. Yeah. Yes. What I would do is have a professional real estate person. And like I said, I, we've got a Fort Worth guy that's probably closer to you that would be happy to do that. Uh, you can go to valuethishouse.com, valuethishouse.com. Uh, full okay. disclosure, I own it, but it's totally unbiased. Type your address in. It'll give you an estimate of current property value. It is just an estimate. If you want a more detailed valuation, someone on our team can do that for you. And uh, and then you could go back with hard documents. It might, the, the data might tell you that they're right. The market's hot. Prices have been going up. 
our houses are worth more. It might tell you that it shouldn't have gone up 120. Maybe it should have gone up 80 or 85 or 45. But at least that way you could say, look, I had a professional give me an unbiased opinion. Here's the four houses it's comparable to. Here's the reason that values in this neighborhood aren't the same as they are over in that neighborhood. At least that would give you some documentation. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you so much for waiting on me, Laura. How, what can we do for you? Hey, Todd, I have a question. I purchased a house after I got a divorce, mm-hmm. and I did it all by myself. Okay. Yay me. Yeah. <laughs> but now I've gotten married, and I need to add my husband to the deed. Okay. How do you go about doing that? Do you have to hire an attorney, or can you just go to the law library, or how does that work? Well, let me do the annoying thing and answer your question with a question before I give you an answer. How about sure. that? <laughs> do you Do you live around here? Do you live in Texas? Yeah, I live in Allen, Texas. Okay, so you may know that in the great state of Texas, we are a community property state. So if you are married and you own property, it's already owned by both of you. If there's another reason, and you don't need to state that on the radio for everyone to hear, but you're welcome to follow up. But if there's another reason that you want to make sure both of your names are on the deed then usually a a real basic attorney process or even a title company could help you with that. Um, You could do it on your own, but it's not something that's going to take a lot of time or energy. So hiring a professional is probably what I would do. And it's just a quick filing of the paperwork there. But um, you don't have to do that in order to make sure that everybody's involved in the ownership there. Like I said, in the state of Texas, if you own property and you're married, even if you owned it before the marriage, this is uh-huh. a community property state, so you both own that property. Okay, so it doesn't go to your state, and then he has to probate it out or anything? If you bought that house unmarried and are now married, it's it's mutual community property. Now, okay. depending on what you're trying to do, maybe borrow money against it or something, or no. if you want somebody's no. name on it for credit purposes, that might no. be a financial strategy. But as far as ownership... It is a community property state. Usually people are doing the opposite for unfortunate reasons. They're saying, I don't want that other person to be an owner. But in Texas, whether you like it or not, if you're married, you both own it. And that's usually, that's a relief in these good situations. Yeah. And one more question. Mm -hmm. I was going to do like a home equity loan Uh and I went to my bank Mm -hmm. and they tried to tell me all the stuff I had to do and jump hoops and stuff. Um, My question is, um, can you also go through home equity through uh, maybe a credit union or something like that, or are you going to pay more? A home equity line of credit is very different than a mortgage product. Now, I typically start with my preferred mortgage professionals anytime I'm considering any sort of financing related to a physical property. That's just so they can tell me, hey, we actually have this unique mortgage product over here. Or Mm -hmm. they can say, no, based on your equity, I would connect you with this really good banker over here. The answer to your Mm -hmm. question is yes, a credit union, a bank, all kinds of people can do a HELOC. HELOC is kind of the industry term for home equity line of credit. But yeah, you're probably going to end up back at a bank if you go the home equity line of credit route. But Churchill Mortgage is a great vendor we would point you towards. If you have a mortgage guy you really, really like, I would start there. But I don't want to refinance because I'm right. already at three percent. Yeah, so no, I understand. No one, that, no that's that's the that. thing where I, I I want to talk with somebody that understands my home, my equity, my value before I jump right into a HELOC. They might be able to give you a couple of different variations of how to go about that without even having to go the home equity line of credit route, or they might oh. tell you the best route to a home equity line of credit based on your home. That way you're not going to a bank who doesn't really understand it and gives you all those hoops to jump through that might not even get you to the right destination. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it makes total sense. I just thought that, you know, yeah. the bank was was being pissy because uh, they were going to make, they wanted to make more money off of it. <laughs> well, that, that may be the case. It really might be, yeah. but it also might be that they just don't understand the full context, which is why I would start with a good mortgage person. Churchill okay. Mortgage is who we would Churchill. point you to here from the show. Okay. And uh, thank you so much for hanging tight with us and waiting yeah. so long. I hope that was helpful for you. It was awesome. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Barbara in Plano has been tremendously patient. What can we do for you, Barbara? Well, I'm so glad you're available to answer my question (laughs) today, Todd. I'm so glad you Uh, called. How can we help? My 29-year-old granddaughter Mm -hmm. wants to buy my home in Plano. Okay. And uh, I need to know if you have any suggestion for a lender who might be able to work with her. She works for a medical clinic, and they're not overpaid. Okay. Yeah, the short answer to your question is Churchill Mortgage. And if you head over to the THI website, they're there. It's Churchill Mortgage. Uh, They'll take very good care of you over there. Is there anyone in particular that she could contact there to see uh, Jason? Jason runs the place, and uh, I've done quite a bit of business with Randy over there. So either one of those guys. Uh, Jason or Randy. Yep, would take excellent care of her. The other thing, just from the real estate broker side of things, that I would give you just kind of a recommendation on is um, one of the things our company offers, and I'm not trying to get you to hire me. I mean, we're happy to do it if you want. But even when it's family, a lot of times it's family or neighbors, uh, people kind of wing it in this scenario and they don't use a real estate agent, which you don't necessarily need the full services of a real estate agent. We offer something we call paperwork only. And that's just helping people sleep a little bit better at night, knowing that everything was filed correctly with the title company and the tax office and all those things, and that everybody has a real clear picture of who's paying for what and what's happening and how is that going to get closed out and is it insured and all those things. So again, if you want to hire somebody, we'd be happy to do it. If you don't, that's just my expert opinion to make sure that you don't really hurt what sounds like a beautiful, wonderful, valuable relationship over some simple terms uh, where money could sometimes get in the way. So that's just a recommendation from me for you. Hopefully that's helpful. And I'm not here to tell you guys uh, about how great our company is, but I do want to protect folks. I hate to see when someone buys a house from a neighbor or a friend or a family member and a little bit of money or a little bit of confusion can really damage a relationship. So Churchill Mortgage can get wonderful. take care of her on the financing, and then we'd be happy for a, for a nominal fee just to make sure that you guys get, uh, get everything hammered out so everybody sleeps well at night and feels good about it. How does that sound for you, Barbara? What a good service. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm glad that was helpful for you. You have a wonderful weekend. Very helpful. Thank You're welcome. you so much. Chris Arrington from Arrington Roofing on the line. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, Todd, man, I'm doing great. I Good. just love having spring all the way through winter. Yeah, no kidding. That's That was kind of part of the opening of the show is joking about how everyone's excited spring is here, except for my, my fruit trees in the yard have thought it's been here for the last two and a half months. Yet we all know we're probably going to get a freeze still, and I hate to be negative about it, but uh, that's probably more your department than mine when it comes to all this hail stuff. And so... That's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today. I mean, it was, I don't remember the exact dates, but almost exactly a year ago that we had some of these brutal hail, and you and I were talking right here live on the air about mm-hmm. stuff I've never even seen before. It looked like cannonballs coming through people's houses, and um, it's been a year or so, and I know some people haven't done anything yet. 
what 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 are you talking to folks about that maybe don't know they had roof damage or they know it but they hadn't done anything about it what what should we be thinking you you know what all goes back to those old things old things are true because they're true time flies yep i can't believe it's been a year since those storms and that's probably where a lot of people are they they didn't have a leak they they were all so busy and it's going to be a hassle and Finally, all the guys stopped knocking on their door, so no one's reminding them. And, I mean, it just zoomed. The time is gone. Yeah. Well, if you are in one of those areas, you're going to have to look at – well, call your insurance agent, and he'll know because I, I don't know what every policy says. But in general, you've got a year to get something done, but you can get another year if you call your insurance agent or the insurance company and say, hey, I, I just – you know." slip my mind or whatever. I just need another year. And typically you can get another year extension. Right. Don't take my word for it. Cause I don't yeah. know everybody's policy, but call your insurance agent and more times than not, you're going to have another year to do it, but don't, don't let time sneak up on you. Yeah. So here's and, my and question for you. you need to- because well, yeah, I agree. I, I've, a lot of our clients have had the same thing happen. Oh man, it snuck up on me. What do I do? Don't worry. We can give you a little grace period, but it's that time of year again where it they the hail might come again and then the concern becomes if you haven't fixed it yet are you covered for any new any new damage now we don't need to have an insurance debate here or or even you or I try to play insurance yeah, right. agent because neither of us are but on the roofing side I mean what what are you recommending to folks when it is time to put a new roof on right now what what do we need to know about what should we be doing to make sure we've got the right the right material, the, you know, the, the, the right uh, approach to, to protecting the, the roof of our home. Well, 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 let, you hit on something. Let me, let me back up just, just a second. Mm-hmm. If, if you didn't do anything last year and a storm hits before you make a claim for last year, then, then make a claim for this year. It's fine. It's going to work. Right. Now the people who made a claim last year, right. But just haven't had the work done. Yep. If another storm comes through, this is where it, boy, it gets to be messy and yeah. damages the same stuff. You're not going to get the first one done. Yeah. Basically, you're in the process of getting that fixed. So this is where not a lot of people, some people get caught in this, this trap there, or, or maybe it damages more stuff. Now, I'm not saying you can't get another claim for more stuff right but there's probably going to be another deductible right right yeah that's just a mess you really don't want to get get involved with so you know my recommendation is if you've made a claim and you've got a check and you're supposed to get some work done you need to get on the phone with errington roofing have these guys get out there and get it done just in case something else comes you just don't want to get caught in that mess now, right. back to your expertise. What should we be what yeah. should we be doing with the roofs of our house? What should we be using? What's new, what's old, what's right, what's wrong? You know, when you say what's new, everybody nowadays pretty much has a laminated shingle, which is the one that looks kind of like two layers. It looks mm-hmm. a little bit more like wood cuz most people have an asphalt shingle. The three tab, the one where you see the little cutout in between every mm-hmm. foot, is you don't see that as much anymore. So the kind of the next thing people are looking at is designer shingles. And since we're a certified GAF master league contractor, I'm more familiar with GAF's products, but everybody's got them. 
And they've got like seven next step up styles that are really cool looking. And I mean, especially like for your business, you know, selling homes. Hey, if I got a little step up on somebody where they go, hey, that's, man, you know, when something's new. Yep. It just kind of looks sharp. Yep. And, and I some cool profiles. I tell you what, believe it or not, people do not overlook the roof. A, a, a unique aspect to your roof is a value add. And if it's newer, it's more marketable, which which leads me to a question I wanted to ask you. I know you guys uh, do some solar work. Um, we don't have to have a huge conversation about solar, but I'm getting more questions about whether solar is a good or bad idea, mostly about how that affects the roof I've already got on my house. What what can you tell us about the wisdom of, of how that how solar or solar panels are going to impact my shingles or my roof? Okay, short story is you need to have a roof on there that's going to last you at least 15 or 20 years. Because right. once you put those panels on there, if your roof goes out, I mean, it really starts falling apart. There ain't nothing short of you got to take it all off and put it all back on. So now you got to take all the solar off and put the roof back on. So uh, what I, you know, with with my company, um, you know, if we're looking at someone for solar, unless the roof's maybe only five years old, it's probably fine. But if it's at the 10, especially at the 15-year range, it's like, no, I'd hate to even put this on. I'd just be doing you a disservice. Right. Right. Solar work, solar still just works with all the rebates. If all the rebates went away, I guarantee you uh, the solar guys are lying if they say they're still going to be a big business. Right. You got to have you got to have those rebates. So it, it's but it's good. I mean, I've got a 20 25 kilowatt system up on my commercial building yep. at the office and you know, I'm I've got a little power plant. So I'm Yeah, I, I knew you did and that's why I wanted to ask you that. We got to take a short break here, but if you'll hang with me when we get back, I'd like to ask you a little bit more cuz so many of us are thinking about solar basically as what the break even on that cost is and your point you just made about you you really need to have a good roof on there or you're going to end up incurring some extra cost to get the solar off get the roof off and get a roof back on i want to ask you more about that when we come back can you hang tight with us oh yeah great if if you were going to put solar on what roof would you recommend for let's just say an upper mid-level price point home well, well, any, I mean, whatever roofs on the house is probably going to be fine. Uh, even if you put a three tab or, or a laminated shingle or, or if you had a flat roof, it's just, you're going to want a product that's going to last 20 years because that solar panel is going to last 20 years. And so that's what I'm saying. It, a lot of times it's got to be new. Um, but if it's, especially if you're on a steep slope right. on a house, mainly, those those are the best roofs because water runs off fast and they last the longest and because there's not water standing on it and the water's right. not eating it up. So I, I think any product you see around here is going to be pretty safe. It's it's harder to put it on some tiles and some slate. It may, may be a little more expensive yeah. um, to do that, but shoot, I mean, those, those products last forever. So for a lot of my clients who have a good quality 30-year composition shingle, you're saying as long as that's got a lot of life left on it, 20-plus years left, then solar does become an option as long as, like you said, the rebates or the incentives or the break-even point is sensible for you. Well, cool. That's what we wanted to know. Uh, You know, I went through it real quick with residential, commercial, and the energy-saving stuff. What are the exciting things people need to know about what you guys have to offer? 
Well, you know, Todd, can, I just want to go one, one point on the solar. Mm-hmm. I'd love for people, if they got questions, go ahead and call us. Okay. okay? And I'm going to give them one of our guys that can help them direct them through sure. this. Yeah. But the one thing I want them to know is th- there may be some guys out there saying this panel, this solar panel, will produce X amount of watts. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. But here's the key to solar. If it's cloudy, if right. if it's nighttime, if the sun's low, if there's a tree in the way, it's all going to cut that down. So you get guys out there selling solar that you go, well, yeah. gosh, this is a no-brainer. I'm going to buy this. Well, wait a second. Cut it in half Yeah, it, because it's natural. Yeah. The, you know, the, the clouds are going to get in the way. So you got to – that's the one thing I want to warn people about. Yeah, a lot of those pitches are under optimal conditions, right? So you got to have everything south-facing with no shade and no weather, and uh, that's good advice. Yeah. I appreciate you for being for being the voice of reason for us. I know that's what Jim looks for in, in preferred vendors and recommended sponsors of the show, and I, I try to steward this chair well. So thank you for – for being an advocate for the listeners and and shooting straight with folks. That's why you guys have been in business so long. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.